Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Musai Collective. I'm your host, Lindsay Cabrera, and today is actually Canada Day. I have a very special guest, Mighty Cat, who's been a veteran in the music industry game for over 20 years as a DJ and producer based in Montreal, Canada. Mighty Cat was born with a sixth sense for rhythm, counting her main influences as jazz, disco, and soul. Her unique sound bridges eclectic house and the funkier side of techno. Mighty Cat's sophisticated style and refined track selection define her signature sound, while her love for the dance floor drives her to adapt her sets to the environment she plays, taking the crowd on wonderfully unique and diverse journeys every time she hits the decks. Today, we discuss her origin, the reintegration of live events, her very special per-club social live stream events, and much more. This musical Musai is an artist to watch, and you can follow her on Instagram at DJ Mighty Cat with a K. You can also listen to Mighty Cat's carefully curated Musai mix, which will be going live on Tuesday, July 6th. So follow us on SoundCloud at Musai underscore collective to listen to that mix. I hope you enjoy this episode, and here's a Mighty Cat on Musai Collective. Hello, Dominique, aka Mighty Cat. Welcome to Musai Collective Podcast. How's it going over there in Montreal? I'm pretty good. It's pretty hot in here right now. So we got, I think we got 36 degrees today. So oh man. Humid, but it's nice. I like it. Though. The summer has arrived. <laughs> I love yeah. it. You know, it's funny because like last time I saw you was in August, 2020 at a little camp gathering up north in Canada, up northern Canada. And it kind of seems like it was yesterday, to be honest, that whole little gathering. And we had so much fun with the music and activities. And, you know, I'm sure that will be happening again this summer. But now it seems as though Montreal seems to be opening up. So, I mean, we'll get into all of that <laughs> in this conversation. Slowly, slowly. We're still, we're still waiting. Right? I think like there's a few events happening, but it's, it's still like a really low attendee. Yeah. So it's pretty small, small, it's only outdoor right now. So. So hopefully mm. all the rest will open soon. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I'd love to start this conversation off with having you share your origin with us. What's your story and how did you really begin your career in electronic dance music? Uh, it's been a little while. I mean, I, I, I've been in the music scene, electronic scene since 91. I would say, nice. yeah, I know I'm kind of my, my age right now, but, <laughs> but I, you know, I always been like intrigued by the, by the, by the music. And even when I was a kid, it's like the music was always playing in my house. Like I always, I, you know, I'm from the, the disco era from the, you know, I saw the evolution of uh, the beginning of house music also and all the club music is happening at that time. And I would say like at the beginning of 91, 92, when I moved to Montreal, because I'm from a little town from uh, called Trois-Rivières, it's an hour and a half from Montreal. And when I moved here, I was like going to college, like uh, everything was like opening, like seeing a new world for me, it's like everything was like uh, open. And yeah, I, I, I got into it, like, I don't know how I get into it, but like uh, I think a friend brought me to a club and after hour called playground and I was like I just fell in love with it like you know there was a mixed crowd with like gay uh, straight drag queens like for me it was like a, another level and especially the music it's like what I could hear over there was just like blew away from what was happening at that time and like after going like on like I played like regularly to clubs and dance and I always loved to dance like also it was I was always been like super connected to that and for me like every week I need any 
to go out and just like to like you know how do you say that like press myself and just like get loose into the dance so after a while like I started meeting like a few DJs and you know I got the chance to get the free you know guest list and, and they, they were inviting me and just to to tag you know to take them I was always going to the DJ booth and then I was like super like how you say that amazed what they were doing with the crowd like and especially at that time it was only vinyl it was no CD player no MP3 or anything of that or wait whatever what people's playing now but and I don't know slowly I, and also the only way you could play or hear even listen to music at home it was to buy the record so slowly by slowly I started to buy the records while I was listening into the club and after having like 50 or 100 records I just try and I decide to buy my my own turntable and it came like really fast for me like I not even after one year I already started like to to play all the clubs in Montreal I was quite like I guess I had the year for, for, for it and also the passion for the dance so I, I was really connected to it and after like a year and a half or two I got signed on the on now it doesn't exist anymore but I had the chance to release like a mixed city in Canada it was like released everywhere and I uh, called Confidence which it was a little bit more like you know I, I was getting into the more like the mutex sound like more like the minimal house like mini- micro house music with like Ricardo Villalobos like all the Perlon stuff and then Luciano Akufen and like I, I had like a lot of friends who was like you know super talented here in Montreal already so I had the chance like like to because of that that release I had the chance to start playing you know everywhere in the world in Berlin I was super connected with all those guys over there so that's that's pretty much how it happens and 23 years later I'm still doing it (laughs) (laughs) and here you are I love hearing about people's origin stories because you know like you said you know just for the love of the music you were out there dancing and just vibing and meeting people and being immersed into this new subculture. And I find that a lot of people that do work in this industry, whether you're an artist or behind the scenes, PR manager, whatever, the common denominator is the passion for the music at the end of the day. And I mean, as an artist, of course, it's more of a craft and art, but I mean, that's one of the reasons I got involved in becoming publicist in dance music was because I just loved to go and dance. And I loved the feeling and connecting with people and all the beautiful people that you meet in this creative industry, right? So it's really cool. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. So more and more events are starting to relaunch this summer. And it seems as though the festival scene is making a comeback slowly, but surely. And I want to discuss this reintegration of live events and how this might look for the artists. Does this mean lower fees, smaller capacities and audiences? What does this dance floor even look like? Is it social distance? Is it no one gives a shit anymore? You know, what are your insights or even personal experiences with slowly getting back? (laughs) <laughs> it's a bit weird right now because we're still in the middle. We don't know exactly how things going to happen. I know like there's a few events that's happening. I see and also everyone is craving like to play right now. <laughs> and so I guess like all the, the focus is mostly on the on the local right now because like the border is, is so close here. Montreal and Canada, it's like uh, you, you, you need to do like a quarantine. You need a, like, there's a lot of like uh, rules that you need to follow, and also like the, the you know the people who are organizing events is super complicated for them. You know, it's like even the festival or anything, it, it, it is complicated. I understand there's a lot of a lot of fee, additional fee that normally they don't have because they you know all the the rules that the government give us like you know to follow, which just seems complicated. It's like there's a lot of things. It seems like doesn't. Make Make sense because here in Montreal, we, because 
people were craving to go and meet up and the police been like super loose on those rules. But right now, they, since the beginning of, I think, April or May, there's a lot of party in the parks. Like not parties, but people bring sound system, gathering, like people, you know, some of them respect the distance. Some other, they don't. I did once <laughs> in the park, which it was beautiful. Like, yeah, I just invited a few friends. I brought a sound system. It was like free, you know, like just a small gathering where like maybe 50 people. It was just lovely, like to play music in front of people again. You know, it's like uh, for some people who doesn't know that I've been doing like a streaming show for almost all the pandemic, uh, the lockdown. And just like, uh, it's totally different. Like it's, it was so nice just to connect with people. But mm -hmm. I, I I feel though that I know like there's a lot of costs, but I, I feel also that some people are playing that I, I had the experience that some people are playing the games like, you know, like they don't have much money. There's, there's more low budget for sure, like for us right now, because, you know, they have more fee. I understand that. But hopefully, hopefully things are going to start to pick up because most of the artists suffer from it also, you know, it's like, the DJs and people are used to play and hopefully they're going to be a little bit more open to the locals also they're not just focusing on the big names and because people are craving right now to go out matter what and I'm pretty sure the place is going to be full so hopefully they're not going to save just money from the big act but also maybe support the people who have been suffering in their own city you know it's like mm -hmm. and I guess it's the I hope it's the same everywhere not only Montreal but everywhere like to support the locals we need you know especially the people who's been in, in, involved in the scene for so long and and it's, it gets a little bit more complicated with with all the because the international guests they take so much fee now with their, all the agent and everything and uh, like we hopefully things gonna, I hope things gonna change on that Mm -hmm. And I've had this conversation with a few artists and other people in the in the business and I think it's unfortunate that the local artists everywhere you go really don't get the same kind of support as say an international artist. Maybe this is because some club owners just don't view the local artists with the same kind of respect or admiration. It's like, why does someone have to move to a different country for three months to get booked as a headliner? They're probably as well equipped to bring the crowd, create the vibe, you know? more equipped because we're from the city and our friends are following the people. Yeah. And you have your following there, local yeah. following, right? Like you bring to the party as well, not just your craft. You have a crew. <laughs> and we promote the things too. Yeah. 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 It's like the stigma. Well, you're a local artist. It's like, why does this person have to move to Berlin for a year in order to have the respect to get headliner position? But, if, if they but, have this stature or like 20 years experience or whatever, you know, so... I mean, but I'm sure you, you see in Berlin, But if you see in Berlin, no one's get paid either. You know, it's like uh -huh. everyone who lived in Berlin, they had trouble to get paid also. Totally. But I guess it's a different story because there's so many artists there and they have mm -hmm. like, a, and also they, normally they don't charge too much either. Like yes. Like, but what, what I'm annoyed about it is when they charge a lot of money, but at the end they don't support the people who bring them people in their club. Yeah, 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 yeah. The following, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
it's kind of a pol political. <laughs> yeah, it's difficult. Like, I don't want to get too much into that. Totally, maybe. totally. It's like, okay. Because it's like, we are super excited to come yes, back. Yes, <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah. You just mentioned this, but let's get into it a little bit more. Pre-pandemic, you know, you were a full-time international touring DJ. And of course, everything was paused for a while there. And during this peak of the pandemic, you launched 52 of your per club social live streams every Friday night, which featured mostly artists from Montreal and some other players in the game. Can you tell us how launching this live stream every week really ended up helping you get through this pandemic? At first, I didn't expect it would be, like, to keep going that far. <laughs> Uh, it was more like a spontaneous thing because after three weeks getting into lockdown, I just wanted to connect with people. I didn't want to stay at home and like I, I was bored basically. And also because you, I have so much time, I was going through all my old records and I, I started to clean it, like to reorganizing everything. And then suddenly I just rediscover like a lot of stuff I haven't heard for so long. Because I've been buying records for more than 20 years. Like and and I have over five thousand records still. Wow. Like it's hard it's hard to keep tracking and and even sometimes you, you used to play one side of the track and you know, of the vinyl and then suddenly like when you listen again and you 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 discover like the other side in which you don't remember that you heard it and it's so actual and so like super good to play today. And like uh, because my first four show that I did it was only vinyl vinyl only that I did like nice. I, I didn't want to play any digital or anything and I was carrying like two bags of records I kind of uh, like broke not broke my back but, <laughs> but kind of <laughs> <laughs> for the love uh, of music <laughs> yeah, yeah it's part of the game when play yeah play that's it. so cool I love it. It, it it's a tough game for that but uh, I love it and also like it, yeah it was it was beautiful to do that and then after that we were able to have it was okay to have one person and, you know, like we're taking our distance, like the, the way the switch was done, you know, we were super safe. It was before the mask, you know, and everything, but we, I, I was really uh, cautious to make sure that no one was getting infected or anything, like, you know, to make sure and all this. And, you know, it's like for myself, it was really a medicine, you know, it's like to be able like, to get out, to dress up, <laughs> you know, when, you, when you're like down, you know, you know you know, you can't do anything. You're in pyjama all day. You're watching like a hundred thousand like, <laughs> series. You know, it's like, so you need to get out of that. And um, yeah, it's just like, it was so nice. And and I had right away, like some people actually, some people, actually it's one, one of my friends, the reason why I started, I, I forgot about that. One of my friends posted, like, uh, the amount of DJ that I know, it's like, how come there's no one who's doing anything? You know, we want to have some music from home. And it's like, I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. <laughs> I love it. You listen to the people. And, you know, it started a probably online community as well. So, and it was nice to connect yeah. with people. And I know, like, many, many people told me that I was doing good to them because. Even for myself, like I, I, I was getting kind of depressed, you know, to, to not doing what we used to do and worried also, you know, because we got through the process, what I'm going to do with my life and this, what's going to happen, things going to open or not. And also because everybody was super worried, worried about everything, like about the disease and, and everything. So it was just like good to get 
get my mind focused and also to do well to people. Like many, many people told me that I did really good to them. And they were there almost every week, like supporting me. And it was just nice to connect and chat. And totally. And it was funny also because people were sending me pictures with them having it. They were alone at home. You know, there was a sign that said like happy hour music because I was doing from 7 to 11 every Friday. So it was just a good way, like, you know, having a drink with me. They were sending me the picture in front of the, you could see myself in the TV, in their TV. It's like, oh, it's cool. so it was just a nice way to connect. Music is medicine. And this sounds like it was it is. like music therapy for everybody, you know, and it really is. I mean, I listen music to music every line. day. Music yeah. Many times, I would say. Yeah, I know. Ugh, I love it. It's just like so fitting to like your mood what's going on today what do I feel like I, I actually play music according to my like mood and emotions and yeah and also what's great also because uh to do that it was forcing me not playing the same thing because I'm really versatile DJ you know I can play house funk disco I love all kind of music because I grew up with all kind of you know yeah, like yeah. different era of sound and music indie you know indie rock and all this stuff and alternative uh, you know all this thing and he was kind of forcing me especially because you play at seven o'clock at on a Friday night, people are still eating at home, especially it was dark, it was the winter, it was there. So it was still winter at that time. So it was kind of forcing me to adapt myself and play different things. I used to play a lot in the restaurant and in bars, like, you know, for, for five hours. So yeah. I've always been good to to explore like the people at home, not playing only club music. And especially when you're touring a lot and when you play in front of big crowds, you end up like kind of playing always like kind of banging music. Like, you know, you want to make people dancing and because it's different vibe. But when you know the people listening at home, you just explore different things. And also because you don't want to play the same music. I, I dig so deep in my crate and my stuff. And like, you know, with all the music, uh-huh. and like I just rediscovered a lot of stuff, you know? I love that. The whole vinyl thing. You know, I feel like that's something I, my kind of generation missed out on was the whole like crate digging and finding your vinyls. And it's just so digital nowadays that I, I don't know, like as much as I would love just for fun to know how to play. It's like the true craft, I think, starts with vinyl. But, you know, I... I can vibe also because... It's totally... Yeah, yeah. Like the image. So when you flip in the record bar, you, you know, so you, you go with instinct. You know? uh, I suck with name, you know. <laughs> but you I see the visual, like, like a, you I'm know... Really visual person. Yeah. Also sensitive person about sound and everything. If I listen to it, it's like, okay, this is good. This is perfect. I'm going to play this song and everything. But that that's why it was... I. I I love to play vinyl because when you organize your music, you kind of stuck with the limited crate also. So mm. it wants you to to push you in certain genre or what you have and everything because you're, you're I'm, I'm not playing when I'm choosing my music. I'm not playing one after one. It's like I'm not organizing my set. I like to be spontaneous. I'm going to put stuff together, together. you know, more like a genre or like vibe or like peak time, like down tempo, early, after yeah. hours, whatever. And you know it's there, but you're like... But I flip and then yeah. when you see image, you have the song or you know about what it is. If you don't remember exactly which song it is, but it's better, it's easier for me to remember what it is. But now with all like the small, like, you know, cover with all the names and numbers, especially when you used to download music from Beatport, it was like only number at the beginning. If you didn't re-edit like the, the names and stuff, ah. at the especially at the beginning when the, the digital came out, it's like okay. the 
it was mostly ca- uh, catalogs. Like uh, ah yes. So it was like a more more confusing for me. And <laughs> easy time. I sometimes I w- I used to play the same song. <laughs> no, no, because you get confused and everything. And then after like two three bars, like oh my god, no, this I already played this one. Whoops! <laughs> Back into the vibes. <laughs> Well, not only have you been a pivotal artist in the scene now for over 20 years, this also includes event production and promotions. And Per Club has been an event series you've been organizing now for the past six years. Can you tell us more about the concept? I mean, I've been organizing events for 20 years. Okay. I've been a few parties in in clubs. I've always been like a promoter. Uh, I mean, like I was pretty much one of the... First DJ is like, I didn't want to wait about eh, after anyone. Like I want a party to be happening. So I always been like the one who pushing to make it happen. You know, if there was nothing happening, I was always like, okay, let's, let's rent a place. Let's create an after party or let's do this. I was always the first one, like ready to organize everything. And, and I love to do that because at the end it's, it's a good contact with people. It's the best thing is when you make people happy. It's like mm-hmm. When you see like people, it's like, oh, we had a good time tonight. It's, it's really grateful. You know, it's really like filling like, on that. And um, Per actually started from uh, from the village Pied du Courant. At first, I didn't have a branding, but I wanted to have, I, I was looking for a name and some people just like put it out because it's connected with Mighty Cat. I wanted to have something like connected with myself. And uh, yeah, I've been like, uh, I've been doing this party at uh, village Pied du Courant, which is an outdoor event that I've been like managing. I've been, uh, you know, doing the bookings there for for many years. But at the end, I was doing only like five events or six, seven. I would consider because I was traveling a lot, uh, you know, in the US, I was going to Europe and all, and all this stuff. So it was harder for me, like just to be concentrated on that. But uh, just before the pandemic, I registered myself as a, a nonprofit organization to be able to my plan before the pandemic was to find a space and build something around that space you know like to to build a regular things like I want to mix food like a, a gathering like a gallery and stuff like that but yeah I, the, you know I did one show <laughs> and the focus was supposed to go that way but and because of that like I had to, to put that on the side for a moment and and now, right now, I'm ready to, to put more energy in it, like in, that the, the place are opening and yeah. the rules are getting like less uh, <laughs> there. So Yeah, well, hopefully you can get there to back to what you're envisioning and like make it happen. Sounds like you're also just like a curator. <laughs> I like it. Natural. I, I, I like people together, that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> and then the like satisfaction of seeing everybody having a nice time and something that you've curated from the booking the venue, the lineup, the like decor, everything. It's all... A lot of work. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. It's a full circle. It's full because, you know, you always have money involved and everything, but it's, it's such a, it's, it's such a good feeling when, when, when you're done and the party it's, it's, it was happening and everybody's happy. It's such a good feeling. <laughs> I can see it on your face. You're just like, ah. <laughs> oh, I love it too. <laughs> so when you do get back out there touring the world again and curating the dance floor, what do you hope to bring to your performances and how do you wish to leave people feeling after they experience your music curations on the dance floor? Hopefully they're going to be happy. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, what do they expect from them? I don't know. It's just like, I, I, it's still like in the process, I would say like uh, I'm just ready to go back and let's see what's gonna happen and 
I don't know. I don't know what to say about it's that. It's going to be, it's going to be lovely. No, that's the thing is because like everyone's had such a pause, whether you were an artist or the person that wants to go dancing. And so to gather that fusion of energy is just going to be like, you know, cause you're going to come out there and like play your music and everyone's just going to be like, it's going to be like this whole like vibe, this like portal of like energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just like, envisioning. I can imagine that. I can imagine that. But you know, I'm, I'm getting a little bit older too. So also like my mind, uh, my, my, my mind is starting to, you know, and I, I'm never going to stop doing music. And I, or, you know, I always I would love to play and everything. But of course, like because of the pandemic, my mind started to take a little different direction, try to find something more regularly. Less, I, I still wanted to travel and everything, but I think I wanted a bit more stability because when you're, you know, the in one day, yeah, when when the lockdown came in, it's like, okay, what am I going to do with my life? It's what's going to happen. It's like also money, monetary. Good thing here in Canada, we had some support on that. It was a, it was lovely. Thank you, Canada. I'm mm-hmm. I'm glad to be here. Like super happy, like to be, be to be in this country because I know a lot of people suffer way much more than we we did and. At least I had some time to think about what I wanted to do or, or I still don't know, but <laughs> it's still, it's still not it was a moment I for to reflect. Yeah. Yeah. I still mm-hmm. have the passion of what I'm doing, but at the same time, this is kind of like did a bell in my mind. It's like, okay, maybe I, I should, you know, at least look at other options around and, or maybe find something connected, but a little bit more stable and not only based on playing music in clubs and stuff like that. For sure. I mean, when all of this happened, I think everyone, well, most people that couldn't currently go to work or maybe lost their jobs or everything was just paused. The people that I've spoken to, it was a lot of self-reflection and like, okay, so what am I doing then? (laughs) Next or, you know, you know? Yeah. Like even like, even like you have a perfect job you had or whatever you see, you didn't lose your job. Or there was a momentum or something happening, whether you were an artist or... Yeah. Uh-huh. People, like matter who you are, you know, so you just like you, everyone has a moment that you, we feel prisoner of our house. You know, we weren't we're not feeling free about what we wanted to do in general. So yeah. it, it's it, it's it's confusing. You know, it's easy to get confused about that and what you want to do. This is a good thing. Or, you know, it's like, yeah, so, the moment uh, of a little bit of rest and slow living, I think was a little bit beneficial. I mean, you said you were like dusting off all your vinyls in there and playing them out. I wake up up at the time I used to go bed. Oh my gosh. I know. I like my body has just been waking up lately around six, the last few weeks or so, especially. And I'm just like, Oh, okay. (laughs) We've all gone the opposite. (laughs) 11 comes at night. I'm like, I'm like, oh, it's 10 p.m. I'm tired. I can't sleep anymore after six. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I know. And actually this episode is going to air on Canada Day. And that was one of the main reasons actually I did want you for Canada Day because of course I wanted to highlight a female artist in the scene and... Thank you for inviting so, me. Thank you. No, I, I'm so happy that you said yes. So it's very important to have a female Canadian artist on Canada Day. Let's like represent. <laughs> <laughs> so can you share with us maybe one or two muses in your life that you'd like to give a shout out to in this podcast? Creative muse, I would say there's one person that I uh, I really, really like it, uh, as a DJ. It's Sonia Munir, like the way she's playing. She's so good, like how to hypnotize the crowd. Like that's that's someone like I, 
I always been like a big, a big fan of her. Another person that I have in mind, like quickly, I didn't think about that before. That's okay. <laughs> let me think. Let me think about that. It's okay. I'm too. I'm too excited right now. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I mean, no, uh, we always have more. Well, one of my best friends, but she's a searcher. Actually, she was working like uh, she was doing the study here, actually in Canada, to find like, on the med- uh, medicine. She, and she's been a big supporter of me. And you know, she's my best friend. She's been my partner when I go to Burning Man. We've been together, going together, which is not at all in the music scene. And that's uh, okay. Amused, but she's muse to you. The the way she's thinking, though, she's a super strong, badass woman. Like she. She she all like a team, you know, searcher, like she do some research and everything. And I really, uh, her name is Marie-Pierre Dubé, like a really good good friend of mine. And I, I would say she's she's really important in my life. And she's been supportive a lot, especially during the, the, that big time too. So I would say that's one of person. You know, I think that's the other thing is just having a great support system around you at all times and especially during difficult times. So I think it also showed a lot of us like who really can show up for you in your life. So things happen this year. So. Oh, I have one person too. Yeah. Like- forgot about it is Patty Schmidt. She used to be like the one of the uh, programmer of uh, Mutech. She she used also uh, she used to do like a radio show on CBC called Brand New Wave. She was one like from the night from the 90s and I I was following her and she, her voice is amazing and she's a good friend of mine too mm-hmm. and uh, her music taste like, and she she plays sometimes for my party and always amazed how she, where she get the music. I guess because she's so open on the sound. And the way she brought, she bring everything together. It's, it's I like. I really like her. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. But also. Everyone, just an FYI, Mighty Cat will be creating a special guest mix for us for Musai Collective on SoundCloud, which will be coming out on the 6th of July. So stay tuned for that. And Dominique, thank you you so much. It's so good to see you. And, you know, I can't wait to see you on the dance floor. (laughs) Hopefully we see each other soon. (laughs) I know. Okay. Take care. See you soon.